a great God and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here this morning. Amen. My wife's going to come get ready to sing. And uh, I want to just take a quick moment and say how thankful we are to be here and thankful for everything the Lord is doing. Amen. What a beautiful host of people here this morning. Amen. In the house of God. Amen. We greet all our visitors again in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm so happy to see you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I get excited seeing new people come in the house of God. This is the best decision you're going to make. Amen. Coming to the house of God. I'm so thankful that after 25 years of having the Holy Ghost and living for God, it, it gets better and better and better. We were talking to one of the new converts right after outreach yesterday, and I told him, you know, in the world, they get that first high, and it's down from there. And they're constantly chasing that first high. Well, I thank God in the church, that first high is the foundation. And from there, it just goes up. Amen, amen. We're so grateful to be here. Amen. I, I wanted to have my wife sing here this morning. Would have had her sing sooner, but the wonderful, high-quality air of Bakersfield has taken some getting adjusting to for us. Amen. But worship the Lord as she comes and sings. I'm thankful for the love of my life. Amen. God has blessed me. All of my best parts of life have come in the church. Amen. Amen. Worship with her as she sings this morning.
Oh, if you feel that way, would you throw your hands toward heaven and just let him know, God, you have been so good to me. God, I have nothing to complain about this morning, God. Oh, all of my complaints are tied to this world, but God, in you, there is no fault. There is no complaint in you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter number 12. Book of Genesis chapter number 12. If you're visiting with us this morning or you're new to this, amen, I want you to really know that God truly has been so good to us. Another song says, if you could see, amen, where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you would know the reason why I love him so. Amen. If you could only see where God has brought all of us from, then you too would know why we love him, why we lift our hands, why tears run down our face, why we worship him so fervently. Amen, amen. Thankful for the touch of the Holy Ghost that we feel in here today. Book of Genesis chapter number 12. A few verses of scripture we'll start with here. Start reading at verse number one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Abraham is probably one of my favorite biblical characters. And there is so much that we can glean from his life. But this is the very beginning of his call. When God began to call Abraham. And within that call, there was a calling out. A leaving behind of something else. But God never calls you out of something to not have somewhere that he's going to take you. To not have a plan that he's already prepared ahead of you. And within that call, he said, Abraham, I've got blessing. I've got a new identity. I'm going to make a great name. I've got, I'm going to make a great nation. And not only that, but I've got something that I'm going to give you that's going to, that's going to roll down through generation. It's going to be for your children and their children. Amen. How many are thankful this morning that when you made a decision to live for God, it wasn't just good for you, but it was good for your family and good for your children? Praise the Lord. So this morning I want to launch from here and I want to preach to this wonderful congregation on this thought. It's time to embrace Isaac. It's time to embrace Isaac. And with the help of the Lord, we'll bring this all together. One more time, would you lift your hands and pray with me this morning? Would you lift your voice and ask God to talk to you in this house? Come on, let's lift our voice. God, we thank you for this service this morning. God, we thank you for every life that has walked into this building today. God, we're asking you right now to let your word go forth, your spirit go forth, and begin to minister to every heart and every mind and every situation that is in this place today. God, we know you are able to reach us. You are able to minister to us in this house today. God, we love you and we thank you one more time. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you clap your hands to the Lord today? Amen. God bless you this morning, and you may be seated. The call of Abraham, the call of Abraham starts here in Genesis chapter 12. As the Bible says that the Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out, get thee out. Now, before we can move on in this, in this message here this morning, I want to set a precedent. And that is you've got to understand, you've got to dig just a little bit deeper into this initial calling of Abraham to really understand the next steps and the journey that Abraham is fixing to take in his life. 
So all of what you're reading in your Bible in English this morning, we thank God that we have the Word of God available in our native tongue. But you go back and you read it and you dig into it in the original Hebrew. And there, there is almost an extra emphasis that, that is put upon this call. As in the, the Hebrew writing, it actually says, Go, go for thyself. And any time they would double up on a word there, there was an urgency, there was an emphasis. And in particular, this was the type of Hebraic connotation of when you, you were saying, go, go for yourself. You've got to do it for yourself. You've got to not worry about what anybody else is going to think. My, my mind takes me to, to the thinking of maybe there were times that the little children were running and playing and mothers would yell to their children and say, get thee in or get thee out. Go outside and play. Well, Mom, I'm, I'm going out there by myself. Nobody else. Brother and sister, don't, don't worry about what brother and sister are doing. I am your mom, and I'm telling you to go outside and play or the other side of that coin is, is that dad calls, son, it's time to come in for supper. Get in here. Get into this place. And there is an, an intense urgency of authority behind those words as a child would say, well, it don't really matter what my friends and brothers and cousins and, and the other boys and girls from the other tribes are doing. I've got a call from my father, from my mother that I must respond to. And so when the voice of God called out to Abraham, and said, Abraham, go, go, get thee out of thy kindred and of thy country. Amen. And I'm calling you into a better place, a place that I'm not going to show you just yet, but when you get there, it'll be ready for you. Amen. There's no doubt in my mind that Abraham heard that intensity, heard that urgency from God. He knew I don't have time to start negotiating with God. I don't, I don't have time to say, amen, but this God, this new voice that I'm hearing, this is a this is something that, that 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 is not familiar in the country that Abraham was living in. But he knew that this this sound of this supernatural voice, this deity, it had a special authority that was pulling him up and pulling him in. It had a draw to it that made him not worry about what his brothers were doing. That made him wor not worry about what his cousins and his family. And I know there were many that went with him, but that call of God came down upon him. One writer says that this summoning came upon Abraham, and he knew that it was to renounce his native country and his kinsmen in Chaldea and venture forth into an untried journey, into a place that he had never been before. He knew that this summoning, this call, was going to include a patriarch, amen, lineage, but it was going to also include him to disentangle and disconnect himself from the patriarchal tree that he had already come from himself, from the idolatries of his native land, from the gods that they served, from the traditions, from the way of living, from everything that he had ever known. He knew that my familiar connection, my comfort zone, everything that I've ever known, my provision, you see, in the ancient east of time, uh, we're, we're unfamiliar with those customs of, of the patriarchal system that they would live in their father's house. And it's, it's not like today. They, Abraham wasn't living in his daddy's basement. Hey, Amen. It's all right to laugh. That's where we're living. He wasn't, he wasn't down there gaming it up. No. He was working the fields. He was laboring. He was, he was, he was making his way. But, but he was under the umbrella of his father's provision under the umbrella of his father's teaching and customs and so for, for this voice to call out to him and say Abraham I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you out from that system I'm going to pull you out from those traditions that you've known and I know it's all you've ever known Abraham I know your identity is attached to those customs I know your identity is attached to Terah your father I know your identity is attached to the Ur of the Chaldees 
I know everything that you've ever known is attached to that. But I'm calling you. I'm calling you out. Amen. I'm calling you out to something better. I'm calling you to a place of promise. I'm calling you to a place of blessing. I'm calling you to a place that you haven't seen yet, but it's going to be ready. And Abraham, if you'll follow my voice, if you'll forsake all you've ever known and come into this place, Abraham, I'm going to bless you to a place where you're not just, amen, blessed, but I'm going to turn around and all the families of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. And again, everything that you read in the Old Testament, it casts a shadow into the New Testament. There's always going to be a fulfilling, amen, a completion in the New Testament church where we can reach back and glean from this. And before I move on, you've got to understand everything that you know in this world, everything that you've been born into. Amen. There may be traditions that your family hold that don't line up with God. There may be brokenness in your family. There may be addictions in your family. And you say, but preacher, this is all I've ever known. Amen. Granddaddy was an alcoholic. Grandma was an alcoholic. Mom and daddy were alcoholics. This is all I've ever known. But there's a call of God that is going to go forth in this place this morning. As God says, if you'll come out, if you'll hear the voice of God today and forsake the world and forsake the traditions of this world, he said, I've got a promise available for you. I've got a better life available. I've got a better way available for you. But it starts with hearing the call, hearing the voice of God saying, get out, get out, get out, come out, go forth. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many apostolics are thankful for the day you heard the voice? Well, glory to God. How many apostolics in here today remember when you first heard the voice, when you first felt conviction, when you first felt the drawing of God, when you walked into this place and in your mind you knew I'm not like these people. I'll never be like these people. But there was something drawing you. There was something pulling you. There was something grabbing a hold of you that said they've got something I don't have. They've got blessings I don't have. They've got anointing I don't have. They've got the favor of of God. They've got joy and liberty and freedom and I don't have that in my father's house. I don't have that under the endemic nature of sin. Amen. The call of God pulled us out. Amen. I've got to move on here today but we we, we need to keep this this point and remember we're going to come back to it. Paul told the Colossian church beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. Amen. We've got to be careful of the traditions that humanity passes down to us. And I know at a church you're most likely always going to hear of sin traditions. You're always going to hear about the sins, but there are some good traditions that we pass down. But anything that would keep me from being in the full truth. Anything that would keep me from the blessing of God. Anything that would keep me from that land that I haven't seen yet but I know is going to be ready for me. Amen. I'm not here to throw stones at your religion. Amen. If you serve God any other way. But I want to tell you, you've walked into a church this morning that is not just interested in tradition. And we have some. We're not just interested in philosophy. And we have some. But we are interested in what the voice of God says in the call in the call to come a little higher, to go a little further and to come out of the things of the world. Amen. I know that many people are raised in all different types of religions and my own family has asked me at times how do I know? How do I know there's so many different structures so many different traditions so many different ways of serving God. Well it starts by this. I'm not going to just listen to what man has to say but I want to know what God has to say. I want to get into this black back book and say God I'm not just interested in the traditions of religion of this world because every religion if we're not careful has been tainted and polluted and swayed by cunning craftiness
craftiness of men, amen, and power and prowess of trying to take authority over people, amen, but you're not in a church this morning that is just interested in power on this earth, but we're interested in tapping into a heavenly power, the kind of power that can break the strongholds of your life, the kind of power that can break the traditions, the spiritual strongholds that have you bound, amen, but when you can hear that clarion call of God to come out, to come out, to come out, amen, it's not about tradition, baby, it don't matter that your grandpappy and your grandmama, well, this is all they've ever known, this is the type of religion they, hey, you got to hear the voice of God when he says there's something more for you, you're not serving God for grandma and grandpa, you're doing it for yourself, Abraham, you got to do it for yourself, you got to get it for yourself, you got to stop worrying about everybody else and say, I've got to be saved. I've got to make it to the house of God. I've got to have the blessings of God. He said, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments or the materials of this world. Previous to this scripture, he said, you need to receive Christ. And you need to be established in him. And you need to walk in him and grow in him. And following this verse, he says, in him. Now I know about everybody in here knows this verse. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Who are we talking about this morning? We're talking about Jesus. Amen. That in that man, Christ Jesus. And Paul was telling them, you beware of what tradition has taught you. You beware of all the different philosophies. Amen. Paul knew he had been in Mars Hill. He had been in all these different places in his religion. He knew about all the different types. Amen. Of men's traditions and philosophies. But he said the only one that matters is the faith and the doctrine that you're going to receive about Jesus Christ and he even told him later if I or anybody else come even an angel from heaven come preaching any other doctrine he said let him be a curse amen I'm not interested in man's doctrine I want to know about the doctrine of Jesus I want to know what it takes to be saved I want to know what it takes to come out I want to know what it takes to come out and go forth into what God has called us to Jesus said, everyone that hateth, I'm sorry, everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold, shall, shall inherit eternal life. And now let me qualify for, for that analytical mind. I know I deal with it sometimes too. What do you mean this God wants me to hate my family? And first, No, no, no. What he's really the principle he's saying here is that when you put him number one, when you seek first the kingdom of God amen mama and daddy and brother and sister amen they're all important in this life and they're all important to love and to cherish but he says when it comes to your eternal salvation amen nobody needs to get in the way of coming out nobody needs to stand between you and Jesus you can love them you can pray for them amen but you gotta say listen buddy I've gotta get to the house of God amen it don't matter if it's your husband if it's your wife if it's your brother your sister your mom your dad Whatever their bloodline is, if they're standing between you and God, you've got to let them know, I heard the call to get out. I heard the call to go to church. I heard the call, amen, and God's calling me to a better place. And I love you and I'll pray for you, but I'm not going to be lost for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So we start to read about Abraham's coming out. And he's forsaking everything he's ever known. And God gives him a promise. I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to bless you in your name. You're, you're going to be the father of many nations. And in this process of coming out, there, there, there's a journey that God takes us on as we're headed to the promised land and headed into the blessings of God. And Abraham shows us, I love the reality of Abraham's life. I love how real he is and that he didn't do everything perfect. I know that we're supposed to do everything perfect, but, but I love the fact that I can read about a man that made mistakes and kept plowing on. But we find in Genesis chapter number 16, amen, that, that Abraham, he's getting up in the age and he's, he's getting older and he's starting to wonder, God, you promised me a son. 
you promised me that I was going to have this, this great nation, that I was going to have a boy. And, and, and it was almost humorous to them that, to think that they were going to have a child. And so they take things into their own hand. And, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures so I can get to the point here today and not, not drag it out. But, but Abraham, he, he entangles himself with a maiden by the name of Hagar. And him and his wife take the situation into their hands and say, well, we'll conceive a child by her and that, that'll be the promised seed. And we kind of we take things back back into our hands and because of that decision now remember Hagar was someone that they picked up while they were in Egypt in chapter 14 or 13 amen they picked him up picked her up in Egypt and she was traveling with them can I tell you this morning that Egypt being a type and shadow of the world amen every time you get entangled with the world every single time whether you're in the church or out of the church it's going to birth things into your life that you're going to have to carry with you that you're going to have to pay for. It's going to birth things into your world. And Abraham's on his way out. He's on his way to promise. And now he has an Ishmael. And now he's got this, this failure. As it would be symbolic of his failure, his mistake. And so now he's got this child that James would say, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Every time sin gets involved, it births something into our life. And the end result, if we don't get it under control, is going to be death and life without God. Abraham, now 86 years old, has this Ishmael. And although in the flesh and blood it's his child, he loves it. But the spiritual side of that is now, every single day he's got this thing to remind him that I failed. Every single day he's now got this little boy running around and pulling on his leg. And while he wants to, to love him and cherish him on the spiritual side, the, the, the spiritual application is, amen, that it was a reminder that I stepped outside the promise. I stepped outside the calling of God. I stepped outside what God was trying to do in my life. And I took it into my own hands. We see in Genesis chapter 17, Something very special take place. Now follow me. God steps on the scene and he says, Abraham, Abraham, listen. I want to reestablish my covenant with you, Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you a new name. He goes from Abram to Abraham and Sarah, Sarai to Sarah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change your name. I'm going to take you from what you used to be. And we're going to start the process of creating a new identity for you, Abraham. And he tells him, I'm, I'm still going to bless you. And that, that, that son is going to come through, through your wife, Sarah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that promise. And the Bible says Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Has anybody ever felt that way in the house of God? You've got this failure. You've got this, this past You've got these scars, you've got these memories of all these things that you did wrong in your life. And God speaks to you and says, oh, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to call you. Me? God, really? You must have forgot who I was, God. You must have forgot about the Ishmael. You must have forgot about the past history of the world. You must have forgot about those mistakes, God. And we laugh in our spirit at God. But God says, listen, you're laughing, but she's going to have a child. But, but, but I'm 100 years old, and Sarah's 99. What in the, you mean we're going to have a child? And then, and then the heartbeat of Abraham comes out as he calls to God, and he says, oh, that Ishmael might live forever. God is trying to give him a future. See, children in that day represented promise and future and, and establishing covenants and patriarchs. Children represented dreams in the future. And God is trying to give him a promise, amen, within his own marriage and covenant and blessing and future. But he's so invested in his past and his failure that he's having a hard time embracing the reality that God really does love him, that God really does want to forgive him that God really does want him to come out. 
and go forth. And he's saying, okay, God, I get it. You're going to bless me. But all that Ishmael might live forever. This is where my future is at, God. I made this mistake, and I'm going to have to live with it. God, I know you were going to give me an Isaac. But you see, I've got this Ishmael right here in my life. I know you were going to give me promise and future and make a great name. But God, don't you remember Hagar? Don't you remember the bondwoman? Don't you remember this Ishmael that I've got? Oh, that Ishmael would be with me forever. I can't get away from it. hundred years old now, God. This Ishmael's 13 years old. For 13 years, I've invested into this. Amen. It's kind of interesting to me, Pastor, that when you ask people about their past, oh man, I used to be rad. I used to be bad to the bone. Man, I was the biggest, baddest. I was the toughest. I was the strongest. You can almost feel the, the intensity, the passion about how bad they were in sin and how, how big and bad their failures were and how big and bad they were before God. And I know we do our best to give glory to God. But then when you ask them, okay, but now you're in church, what are you doing for God? What are you going to do for God? Well, I don't know, man. I've got this Ishmael. I've invested so much passion into how bad and rad I used to be that I haven't stopped long enough to think that God's called me out of that and has a plan for me and has a call for me and has a future for me in the church and I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to have a seat in this house and you should be, but you shouldn't be satisfied because God didn't call you out of gangs and out of drugs and out of brokenness for you to take up space on a pew but he said get thee out so I can take you somewhere. Come out of sin so I can take you somewhere. Come out of drugs so I can call you to be a testifier and a witness come out of brokenness so you can declare the glory of God come out of sin so you can praise and worship and be a witness unto a lost and dying world I'm just happy to have my seat in this house I'm just happy to be I'm just happy this church lets me come I'm just happy they just let me be here because you see, preacher, I've got this Ishmael. What if we invested the same passion that we invested in Ishmael? The same hunger, the same drive, the same desire, the same faith into the Isaac that God has promised us. Fast forwarding for the sake of time, Genesis 21, and Sarah saw Hagar. The son of Hagar the Egyptian. This now teenage boy. You see, fast forwarding into the story. God does give them the eyes that God is true to the word. And we rejoice in that. You would think that at that point Isaac would be doing backflips. I'm sorry, Abraham would be doing backflips. I've got my eyes at God. God was true to his word. Amen. But now the promise is. Amen. The problem is with the promise is now the failure and the promise are coexisting. Amen. The past and the future are now abiding under the same roof. And when you're coming to a real church, a church that preaches the word of God, they're going to tell you that your past cannot coexist with your future in God. And you say, but how is that possible? How can I disconnect from my past? And I'm glad you asked. When you come down to an altar and you repent of your sins and you say, God, I'm sorry for lying. I'm sorry for cheating. I'm sorry for stealing. I'm sorry for being a criminal. I'm sorry for being dishonest on my taxes. I'm sorry for drinking and, and, and doping and doing all the things of the world. And God says, okay, you said you're sorry. Now I am faithful and just to forgive you. But he doesn't just leave you there in forgiveness with stains but he says now let's go down in the water and get baptized in my name and when you go down in the water you are burying the old man you are burying the failure you are burying Abram and you're coming up a new creature with a new identity and God says you're not going to stop there but I'm going to baptize you with the promise I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and when you do that you are forsaking an Ishmael and embracing the promise embracing the future that 
that God has for you. But here's the problem. Until you do that, this is what you're going to deal with. Abraham! Sarah cries out to that boy Ishmael. He's mocking Isaac. They're out there in the yard playing together. And I don't like how he's mocking my, my promise. I don't like how he's poking and making fun of little Isaac. Abraham, you need to cast out this bondwoman and her son. You need to cast out this Ishmael. We've moved past that now, Abraham. And God was using Abraham's wife. As he went to God and he said, you need to listen to what your wife is saying to you. Amen. And there's some good principle in there, men. But I ain't got time to preach that. Amen. Sometimes we need to listen to those that are in our life that, that see the promises of God around us. We get so isolated in our little problems. And everybody around us is going, man, God called you out of sin. You've got the hand of God on your life. You're, you're, you're going forward. But because we've allowed Ishmael and Isaac to coexist, we're trying to embrace Isaac. We're trying to love Isaac. We're now trying to invest in our future, but we've got this 16-year monument in our life that constantly reminds us that we failed God. So God brings him to a point of a decision that Abraham, it's time. It's time to let go of Ishmael. It's time to cast her out. It's time to cast Egypt out of your life. It's time to cast the world out. Abraham, I called you out. I called you out. I called you out of the world. I called you out of sin. I called you out. And you've had this Ishmael with you all these years. And even though God has given you the Holy Ghost, even though God has brought you into the church, you're sitting on this apostolic pew this morning and you've got promise in your lap. Amen. Maybe you're, you're brand new and you've only had Isaac for a year or two and you're, you're full of the Holy Ghost and you're loving God and you're, so, you're trying so hard to invest in this new life that God has given you. But every time you get up and look in the mirror, you see the scars of Ishmael. Every time you get up in the morning, there's that little nagging voice of Ishmael calling out to you and saying, oh, I know, I know God birthed an Isaac, but don't forget I'm here. Don't forget about your past. Don't forget about your failures. Don't forget about every drug you ever did. Don't forget about every party you ever went to. Don't forget about every time you lied Amen, and made a mistake. Don't forget about it. And that voice is there. But God said, I've given you the Holy Ghost. I know you didn't think you were worthy, Abraham. I know you didn't think you were worthy, saint of God. I know you didn't think you were worthy of a new future and a new dream and a better life but God said I'm going to give it to you but you've got to be willing to let go of Ishmael sadly I've dealt with this in ministry that people in church living for God all the journey to heaven make mistakes and they end up with Ishmael's Make mistakes in their walk with God. Make mistakes in their consecration. Make mistakes in their marriage. Make mistakes in their parenting. Whatever it is, they make mistakes. And it puts this, this coexisting, mocking, weighing down spirit that causes them to just sit on a pew. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just thanking God I'm here. But this morning, God is wanting, and I'm going to be just a few more minutes. God is wanting to bring you back to a place. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. I don't care if you've been in church 30 years, 20 years, or if this is your first year in church. You're going to make mistakes. That's not justification for sin. But when you do, and if you do, don't let Ishmael rob you of your promise. There are, there are needs in this church. There are places to be filled in this church. There are roles in this church that are waiting and calling you. Saying, get out. Get out. Come out. Come out and let your Ishmael go. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. If the music will come, I'm just going to be a few more minutes. 
Come on, you see the pastor, you see the praise singers, you see all the roles in the church. And you're just sitting there with your Ishmael happy to be here. Oh, what I would do to be a part of what God's doing. You're going to have to be willing to let go of the Ishmael. You're going to have to be willing to let go of your failure. Yes, it should not have happened. Yes, you were guilty. But why are you going to let Ishmael rob you of your Isaac? God says, okay, Abraham, cast her out. I'm probably not going to get to this, so just you're going to have to read it on your own in Galatians 4 when Paul's telling the Galatian church, this is an allegory. We're not of the bondwoman. We're not under the law. We're not under sin. But we're of that, that mother, the church, that great nation. Cast out the bondwoman. Cast out the Ishmael. Cast out the failure. And step in to the promises of God. Abraham, stop, stop placing all of your emotion and all of your energy. We spend all of our time just pouring emotion into our past. Oh, if I never would have failed, if I never would have done this, if I never would have went there or did this or said that. And while you're over here going, oh, let Ishmael live forever. Oh, I got this child. Oh, the Bible says that when, when God told him to cast him out, that Abraham Timelines are definitely off with the ages, but there's a reason that God put Genesis 21 and 22 together. Because the very next chapter, listen, okay, you've cast out the bondwoman. Genesis 22. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son. God hasn't even continued to recognize Ishmael and Abraham's life anymore. See, Abraham, I've brought you to a place where I, I don't even attach you to your failure anymore. We've moved on from that. Once you were willing to let him go, once you were willing to cast it out, once you were willing to let God forgive you and bury it in sin, bury your sin in the blood of Jesus God says I don't identify you with that anymore we're going to keep testifying about what God has done for us but listen we need to stop identifying ourselves as ex-drug addicts ex-alcoholics ex-gangbangers you might be that but that's not how God sees you God sees you as a child of God as a child of promise, as an heir in the church, and a joint heir with Christ, as a peculiar people, as a peculiar treasure. He doesn't look at you and say, yeah, Abraham right there, that's Ishmael's daddy. No, no, no. He doesn't look at you, amen, Brother Chris, and say, I remember what you did. I, I, I identify you with the world. No, no, no. He looks at you being buried in the blood and full of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, he said, that's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. Amen. That's my Holy Ghost filled child of God right there. He does not identify you with this man. And he says, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Whom thou lovest. Abraham finally get in the picture. And get thee into. Uh-oh. Sounds familiar. It started with a get thee out. And God says, you finally came to a place, Abraham, where it's time to start stepping into. Get thee into the land. Moriah means chosen of Jehovah. Abraham, when I found you, 
you were under the umbrella of false gods, idolatry in the world. But I called you out to call you into a place chosen by me. Now, now I'm closing here today. I will just give me your attention. I'm closing. But it's very important that you get this point right here. The calling out. When Abraham left his kindred, his tongue, his nation, everything that he knew, the first thing that he comes to is a place where he has to build an altar. The coming out of the world and coming out of sin will always, everybody say always, will always start at an altar. You can't bypass it. But even when you move past sin and past Ishmael, the calling into and the calling higher will always take you back to an altar. Abraham, that son, that Isaac, that we've now finally got to a place where he's your only son. Now it's time to go a little higher. And it's time for you to step into the promises that I put on your life. Abraham, I want you to take this son and I want you to go into the land of Moriah and I want you to make the journey. You by yourself. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about brother, sister, kindred. The same connotation. Get thee into. Go, go for yourself. But I want you to take it and I want you to sacrifice it on the altar. And I know there have been many people that have broke this down from so many different perspectives of theology. But can I just can I just pierce your emotions for a moment? I want you to notice that, that Abraham didn't shed a tear that is recorded. He just went. The first point is that when you finally let go of Ishmael and you trust God, God's going to carry you. God's going to help you. But could it possibly be that Abraham had come from, from an entire world of traditions and idolatry and all he ever knew was God's that required you to sacrifice your children to them that was the world they lived in that was the pagan culture that he was around and I don't know I wasn't there and I know there's probably a lot of faith that goes into this but I wonder if just he thought well this is just it this is a part of worship every other God I've ever known has always required me to to sacrifice my future and sacrifice my dreams and lay down my children. So what's the difference? And he makes the climb. And I don't even think he realizes the prophetic voice that came upon him when, when his son began to inquire and say, God, where, where is the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? And he says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. He gets up there and he binds his son and and puts him upon the, the altar. And he goes to do the deed. And the angel says, stop. Abraham, wait. Stand with me. Abraham, stop right here. This is the moment I wanted you to step into. Now I know. But I want, you to, I want you to see something here. Not only did God get a revelation of Abraham selling out, but Abraham was given a revelation of this new God. As, as God made a huge statement to a man that was raised in a country and a culture that required them to pay their futures and pay their children on an altar of sacrifice. God was saying, Abraham... In this moment, I'm showing you that I'm unlike any other God you have ever served. The wages of sin is death. Every altar of this world will rob you of your dreams and of your future. You hear me today? Money, 
drugs, relationship, alcohol, partying, amen, the lifestyle of wickedness, the lifestyle of sin, it will cause you to sacrifice your children upon an altar. It'll cause you to sacrifice your dreams. Amen, we're talking about celebrities that are overdosing because they're finding no fulfillment. They're finding no joy at the top because they're sacrificing at the idols of Chaldea. They're sacrificing at the altars of Egypt. But God said, Abraham, I'm going to create an intimate moment with you at an altar. And right when you think I'm just like every other God, I'm going to show you I'm not here to take your future away. I'm here to take your Ishmael's away. I know you're down and out because I took your Ishmael, but I brought you to this place at an altar to show you I'm going to give you your future back. I'm going to give you your promise back. I'm going to put your family back together. Amen. I'm going I'm to bring you to an altar where you can worship and know I have a future. I have promise. Amen. I've got a place where God is going to take me. As we close out this service tonight, I wish I had time to come and grab every single one of you by the hand and singularly walk you down to the altar. Because I'm preaching to every single person in this building. You say, preacher, you don't understand. I'm 65 years old. I gave the majority of my life to the world and I'm just trying to ride this thing out to heaven. Listen, you gotta stop and listen to what I'm saying right now. Until God, I don't care if you only got another year to live. While you got breath in your body, there's promise. Amen. While you got a breath in your body, you need to let go of the Ishmael and step into an intimate place with God at this altar today and say, God, I'm willing to give it all. God, if you'll give me back my future. Amen. I know I gave 30 years to the world, but I'm ready to let go of Ishmael. I'm ready to let go of my past. I'm ready to let go of my failures and step in and step in for myself into what you've called me to do and step in God to whatever role is needed and step in God I don't care if it's cleaning the toilets I don't care if it's refilling the paper towel dispensers I don't care if it's sweeping the parking lot running a bus I just want to be used I just want to step into promise I just want to get involved I just want to get involved in the church because this is where my Isaac's at this is where my future's at this is where my hope's at it's in the house of God and one of these days you're going to step through the gates and hear well done well done thou good and faithful servant come on come on sir come on ma'am what you're looking for is not out there what you're looking for is not out there it's in here come on how there are you going to find brokenness? How there are you going to find messed up situations? How there are you going to find, amen, yet you're unhappy and unfulfilled. But when you lift up your hands and say, God, I'm willing to lay down the Ishmael. If you'll give me an Isaac, if you'll give me a future. Come on, sir. Come on, man, God. God is calling you out. God is pulling on you. You can feel it in your heart right now. You say, I know that preacher's talking to me. I know he's telling me to come down to the altar and lay down my every failure. Lay down my every sin. Come on, God will love you. God will forgive you. And God will pick you up and call you forward. That's it, brother. Go ahead. Come on. I'm done weeping over Ishmael. I'm done weeping over Ishmael. It's time to start rejoicing over Isaac. I'm done weeping over my past. I'm done weeping over my failures. It's time to rejoice that God's filled me with the Holy Ghost. God's given me a new name. God's given me a new identity and a promise of another place. Season saint of God, you don't have to carry that Ishmael. Come on, 
season saying of God, you don't have to carry that Ishmael. There's things in your past nobody even knows about. Amen, but that monument's there. And you've carried it even though God gave you an Isaac. But today in the altar, God has created an intimate moment for you to lay down the Ishmael and embrace an Isaac, embrace a promise that tomorrow's gonna be better.
right now to pray. Come on, this isn't a rush decision. Come on, it takes time to cut ties with the past. It takes a few moments at the altar to let God help us. Come on, somebody be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, you don't have to walk out of this place with Israel. You can walk out of this place with the Holy Ghost. You can walk out of this place with promise. You can walk out of this place with your head held high. But you got to get involved in an intimate moment with God that says, God, I'm willing to lay it down. I'm willing to surrender my fear. I'm willing to surrender my weakness and embrace and embrace the promises of God and say, this is for me. This is for my house. For the promises unto you and to your children and to your children's children and to as many as are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's it, reach out. got some empty space here. Amen. I want us to move it as close as we can because what we're going to do before we leave here today is we're going to embrace the promise of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The message here today, although it included kicking Ishmael out, the message today is to embrace the promise and the blessing of God. We want to follow what the message was today. The push of the message today is to receive the blessing and favor and anointing of God. Did you hear me? The push today was to receive the blessing of God. How many want the blessing and favor of God? I want the blessing of God on my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. God has spoken some things into my life and into my world so that I don't have to look back at all the stuff in my past, but I can look forward to what God is going to do in my life. Praise God. We need to look at the future today. I said we need to look at the future today and we need to say today, I want to receive and embrace the blessing of God. I want you to lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, God, I'm going to receive the blessing. Hallelujah. I'm going to receive it. Don't worry about whether or not you're worthy of it. He's promised it to you. You need to receive it today. I may not see it, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. Hallelujah. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to wrap my arms around it, put my mind around it. You're the God that's bringing blessing. Woo! You're a God that's bringing goodness and favor to me. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to praise him. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to get your head up today and your hands up today and say, I'm a child of God and I'm receiving the favor of God and the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Let's lean into that. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. I'm rallying around what you're doing. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. We're going to do this one more time. Amen. Because sometimes I think we shortchange and marginalize God. God says, I want to bless you, and we're thinking it's that kind of a blessing. Because we say, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and so that's about all God's going to bless me with. It's just about that. Praise God. But he's a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He pulled 
brought you out of the miry clay and his blessing is far and wide. We need to get our heads around the fact that God doesn't want to just bless us a little. He wants to bless us much. Hallelujah. I want us to lift our hands and pray today and embrace the muchness of what God brings to us. Hallelujah. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to fill this room and I want you to pray and say, God, you're a God of blessing. I want to receive everything that you've got for me. And I know it's big and I know that it's grand. I know that it's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Has God blessed you? <laughs> I said, has God blessed you? Hallelujah. He's got more in store for you. Amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them blessing is on the way. Embrace it. The goodness of God is on the way. Embrace it. Put your arms around The promise of God is coming. Embrace it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. There's somebody close by you. You need to greet them and tell them today is the day that the Lord hath made. We will be back here tonight. 5.30 prayer service begins at 6. Let's take what we have received here today. Amen. Take it today, all day today. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, your favor, and your goodness. I'm going to walk out.